It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Oh, my goodness. Today is going to be a great show, everyone. I am so excited about our guest today. But if this is your very first time tuning in, I want to do a huge welcome to each and every one of you. The Divas That Care is now in its 11th season, and we are listened to in over 30 countries around the world. So, Thank you guys so much for all of you that have tuned in today, but all of the ones that have been with us for all these years. So we're so excited about what the Divas That Care is doing out there. All right. As I said, today's guest is amazing. I am so excited to be welcoming back Irina Kay, and I have not talked to her in so long that I can't wait to catch up with how she's doing. So welcome back, Irina. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much, Candace. I'm doing great. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you great. Fantastic. Oh, (laughs) Oh, well, Irina, before we kind of dive into today's program, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Oh, no, of course not. Thank you so much for having me. And if you are listening to me because you are in a relationship that you maybe want to improve or want to know how I am now living the relationship of my dreams with my husband of almost 40 years, you're in the right place. Because, as you know, I'm for the Divas That Care, and they are doing such a fantastic job of inspiring women to live the best life possible. And I'm trying to be there for everybody to tell them how they can get into a great relationship with their loved ones. doesn't matter whether it's your intimate relationship or your relationship with the kids. I am really um, excited and thrilled to be here and let you know what I can give you and tell you what I could do because this is now my passion is to have women live their best life possible because I feel that's what I do because I truly can say I am happy every single day. Oh, my gosh. I love that. You know, that is such a powerful statement because a lot of us can't say that. You know, we, we have that type of relationship, you know, all the time and I love that because today's topic is simple ways couples can improve communication. And I thought, what an amazing thing. Um, the last, you know, I would say 18 months, two years, you know, things have been pretty challenging. Relationships probably have been put on the back burner because there's so much going on in the world. So I think today having you on this program is going to be absolutely beneficial to all of us out there. Thank you so much. And while I would say relationships have been put on the back burner, Maybe yes, but I think they also have been extremely strained because when people, you know, are kind of forced to be together more than they maybe want to or were used to, that can give you a lot of friction, whether it's people who were laid off or people who had worked from remotely. It's, it, was, it was difficult. It was really difficult to adjust to that new norm. So how have you been able to keep your relationship for 40 years like this, you know, like that is absolutely extraordinary. Um, So that's why we're going to be diving into like some tips from you, but how did you make it work? How did you make it so wonderful? Well, let me tell you, full disclosure, it was not always that way by far. 
this has only been that way for the past 10 years out of this 40. And, and obviously, initially as well, that's when you get together and everything is dandy and mm-hmm. everything is the best and whatnot. And then you decide to get married and then life starts, right? Life sets in. Yeah. All of a sudden, there are these things that start either to maybe get pet peeves or things that you don't like so much and you kind of settle down a bit with your chemistry of falling totally in love and whatnot then kids come and work comes and everything gets more stressful and then you're getting really tested of how you navigate these times and we had no idea we had no education in about you know what was important and that there is huge difference between the way a, a woman or a man looks at relationships at marriage or life in in in, part, in um, general so we had no idea how to really navigate this. We just did the best we could, and it wasn't getting prettier. You know, it was really hard for for a long time, especially when both people always want to be right, and that is nobody's fault. That's just the way our brains are wired. We need to feel that we are right. Otherwise, you question everything you do. And when two people come together, both thinks they're right, you know, what happened was that we drifted apart. He was in his world of only business, 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 and international travel and whatnot. And I was in my world of raising five children while working as a physician, and later on only raising the kids because we moved to the States from Switzerland. That's crazy. Yes, it, it was. It was pretty chaotic. It was really, it was tough. But we all knew there was something, you know, that was still there for the two of us that we we could be a great team, and we are. Do you find that that happens quite a bit as children get older? You know, relationships, we're trying to find that again with our spouses or with other people. Oh, yes, big time. I absolutely think the, the when you when you're not one of those who are like, okay, that's it, I quit. You know, early on, you don't want to work on it or you feel there is something better, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, which usually it's not. But if you think you're going to tough it out or stick it out, usually it happens when the kids now get to be more independent or they fly the coop that you're starting to ask yourself, well, why are we still together? What is this? And can we improve it? And can we make it work again? That's when you start giving that more energy again. And it was so worthwhile. You know, it's not only a huge money saver, not having to go through a divorce. It's also for the children. It's so much better. You know, it was totally worth it. But we had to go really to a rock bottom phase where I was at the point I said, I just can't do this anymore to be, you know, kind of mm-hmm. part of the inventory, doing the cook and clean and raising the kids, you know, and not being yep. appreciated or not being heard. And that's what I'm hearing for what I heard in my profession as a physician because I was OBGYN. I heard that from so many women. And it wasn't the 50% that got divorced. It was probably 95% of the women said, you know what, he just doesn't listen. Mm-hmm. He never listens. Which I then so, have found out is not really true. <laughs> it's not It's not true. And that's the thing because we always see things differently. You know, my my husband would say the same thing. He sees our relationship as one way, and I would see the relationship as another way. So mm-hmm. how are you working with couples? Because, like, this is the key. We want to keep people together. Their divorce rates are so high nowadays. Um, we do. We feel we get to that point. And I've heard it lots lately, and especially in the last six months, on how 
couples just can't be together anymore. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how can we change that? How can we go out there and, and help these people? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Uh, usually when I'm saying I work with couples, usually it's with each one individually and then together because initially most of the time they're at, at the position of enemies at the, at the point when they, they seek help, you know, shortly before a divorce or whatever. They're like, she doesn't get me. She doesn't understand what I'm bringing to the table, you know, and he says, and she says the same thing. He doesn't appreciate me at all. I can't live that way. I can't just be a dish rag and whatnot. And for me, it's mostly people don't realize how much is in their brains of limiting beliefs and of not knowing about the other person because we didn't know either. We had no idea. I had no idea how much he suffered. I just saw me as being the victim and, you know, life happening to me and the kids. Obviously, we decided to have children together, but then... Everything was on me. Every every decision was on me. Every planning of vacations or whatnot, it was on me. And he was just coming along for the ride. That's what I saw. And what he saw was that he's just providing for all of us and, you know, busting his tail to make money. And we never really talked about that because either both of us were stuck in our own bubble, in our own world where we tried to survive. And that is what I think, what I'm seeing with a lot of people. They don't understand that a woman or a yeah. man look at the same thing, completely differently. And it's not their fault. It's the way the brain is wired. So it helps, it helps, I think it really helps for people to understand that we're not blaming anybody. We're really trying to look at this from a scientific standpoint, even from a neuroscience standpoint, and say, you know what, I can't blame you or can't fault you. Neither can we do the same thing to your husband like I'm thinking if I would go to therapy and tell truth be told we did that once I had a session he had a session and that therapist was absolute catastrophe he told him what he thought he would need wanted to hear he told me what he thought I wanted to hear basically blaming the other partner saying yeah we know you poor you it's the other guy it's his fault and him saying the same thing you know poor you it's her fault and then what did he expect that we don't exchange or say to each other so we had to say well that's a moron that doesn't help us at all because that's what we believe already (laughs) so we gave up on that completely gave up on that the idea is more to help you understand yourself and in doing so find compassion for your partner wow is this about the time that you decided to start doing becoming a therapist to help others out no that was way earlier that was way when we were already you know still fully professional fully engrossed in your children which thought that's not going to work we got to find our own way and let's <laughs> just muddle along and that's what we did for a long time muddle muddle right and no it was really what you said is when the kids got older that's that's when you have more time to think about these things and like now what you know the future it's a different future if, if you have two, three, four, five, six-year-olds and I had five of them in rapid fire, then the future is always the kids, the kids, mm-hmm. the kids, until they become more independent, until they start going their own way, until they're off our payroll. But after that, it's like, now what? What if it's only the two of us? Now what? That's when we started thinking about, you know, yeah, so how are we going to navigate that? Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Well, the question I have for you, what can our listeners do before they get to that point? You know, we do have a lot of listeners that have young children and they're, 
you know, they're finding the difficult. What can they do now before they even get to that that point that they're even considering not being with their their spouse anymore? What kind of tips do you have for that, or what what kind of things can we share today? Gosh, I wish I had known then what I know now. The thing is really this: trying to go into yourself and asking yourself, what do you really, really want? If it is that you really want to make this work, then you can't just say, like I thought, you know, if he's the right guy, there's no work. There is. It is. I don't really Mm -hmm. like this word work, but it is. It really has to, you have to start considering that maybe he is right too, or he has to think of maybe, let me look at her perspective and really getting yourself educated about what the difference is, because there's a fundamental difference between men and women based on the way their brain is physically structured. So getting off that blame game wagon is huge. Even acknowledging to yourself, you know, when you're by yourself, even though you had like a big spat or whatever, and then both are grumpy and both are wounded and licking their wounds somewhere, what what if he is a little, at least 10% right? What if, what could we do to based on this? And then which one of us could be the hero and go to the other one and just say, I'm sorry, this is not what I wanted. I did not want us to get further apart. And you know that little thing, I'm sorry, is so big. As you know, men have the hardest time to say, I'm sorry. And that, again, is the brain. You know, my husband, before he could even say, I'm sorry, he would probably bite his tongue. Now he can say it. Because, you know, at that point, everything melts away. Every stress in our relationship melts away. Why can't they say, I'm sorry? Because they would have to admit that they're actually wrong about something. And if a guy is wrong about something, his whole status of the provider and protector and the hero for his family, a woman, crumbles. But that's in the brain. That's what they need. So if you can find out what it is that... Like for a woman, if you can find out what, what you, you know your man needs to hear, that he still believes that he can be your hero, and he can be the one for you, everything will get so much easier. And the other way around too. So I always say, find out early what is your, other's, what is your long, love language and what is, what is your partner's love language. So you understand that when he says something like, Let's hop in the sack and everything will be fine again, right? <laughs> Something that I've heard so many times and I hate it. Uh-huh. It's because his love language may be the one of touch. He feels if he is, you know, physically touching you and, and stroking your hair, whatever, he's showing you love while you're still grumbling and grumpy because your love language, love language would be the one to get praised. And if you never get praised, you don't feel loved. And I think it's highly important that People understand that about each other, so learn each other's love language. And there's tests online. You can do that. this easily. Right? Well, I, I like that you're talking about the science of it, too, which I think is so important because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily remember that. And people don't – If they have a, I think if they have a better understanding, it makes more sense. Exactly. And now that's funny that you said it makes more sense because, you know, not everybody – has that so-called why. That's also something I um, encourage people to learn about. What is their why? Why are they doing things the way they're doing things? Because your why 
which now sounds like it may be, it has to make sense. By the way, this is mine as well. It has to make sense. Your why could be different from your partner's why. And I just want to give you the example from our relationship, our marriage. My husband's why is my way or the highway. So he just feels like I'm doing it my way because, just because, it's my way. So when I question this, because for me it has to make sense or I even say something or blurt out, that doesn't make sense. He gets so angry because he feels attacked. He feels his authority, feels questioned, he feels questioned his whole personality because simply it's a simple thing. It's the way I've always done it. And I'm saying it doesn't make sense, drives him off the walls. On the other hand, if he tells me that's the way you have to do it and I'm asking why, so to understand why it makes sense, I'm getting upset. You know, if now it's easier because now I can I can see the trigger. So if you know, the more you know, the more you can preempt the stuff blowing up. You can see the trigger and you can catch yourself in that trigger moment. I think that is powerful. Wow, and that, that makes again a lot of sense. Some, yes, see. <laughs> a lot of sense and apparently there's nine whys again you can find this out online you know which one is your why and then be aware of what your partner's why could be and understand that they don't mean it the way you think you hear it it's all about perception yeah exactly and you've got this really amazing thing I want to talk about this neural use technique that you Uh you do and you've created Um, Because that's not something I think we've talked about on our program before. And would you kind of, would you mind telling us all about that? Yes, newer use kind of starts or is a combination of tapping and guided visualization. So the idea is that when I work one-on-one with somebody, it can be in a group too, and people can just, you know, translate it to themselves, what would be applicable to themselves. It's like, think of an issue, something that really bothers you because, you know, Stuff that bothers you is anchored in the brain, but also in the body. If you have long-term stress, whatever, everything like that is coded not only into the neural, the central nervous system, so not only in your brain, but also in your body. So when we're talking about neural use, this is just the the name I gave it, because I want to renew the neural pathways that think positively instead of negatively. We're looking at a certain issue, and then... You know, you have these tapping points or trigger points over the head and, and, and certain meridians along along your body, along your arms and hands. Um, that combined with the guided visualization can release those stuck energies and stuck emotions. And the way I'm doing it is when I'm working with people. Oops, I dropped my phone. Can you still hear me? <laughs> I can, yes. Okay, good. Um, is is looking at these where they could be sitting in the body and then in the guided visualization how we could address those, how they could think about getting to that and getting them out and then doing the, the it's not only a tapping, it's a stroking technique as well, you know, along the arms. It's a simple thing uh, to get and rid of that. Something, well, and is this something that you can do with, uh, with your obviously with your clients when you're going through this counseling with them too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I always use one of these techniques because I use these techniques, not only that one, but also memory reconsolidation, 
all of lo- all of these lots of these guided visualizations with cutting cords or whatever it is, uh, clear beliefs processes that go and directly drag stuff up from the subconscious mind or stuff that's stuck in the body. And it's it's really amazing how quickly that can be released. And it's a technique that people then can learn and use on their mm-hmm. own. That's the idea, that if you know what could trigger you, that you can get there and find the cause or even the source, which is the underlying, the, the, the core belief, and get rid of that oh one on goodness. your own. Mm-hmm. This is great. I love this. This is absolutely fantastic. What a great <laughs> technique to use. And with well, with couples, you know, we've, we're always trying to talk about different things and how you know, to make everybody's lives better and, you know, reducing stress, reducing anxieties. And I think this technique would really work really well with that. A hundred percent. That's the whole thing. If you feel you have control over stuff, releases the stress, releases the anxiety, because most of the time overwhelm or whatever this is, whatever stressful is stuff that you think is happening to you. But if you start noticing that you have control over how you feel and that you have Mm -hmm. a choice, to say, I feel happy today. I want to feel grateful about what I have, not feel miserable about what I don't have. It's, it's huge. It's so powerful. And then if you start, then always you have, you know, that the negative bias that the human brain has, that it has to have because of the ancestral imprints from the caveman days, you have these which are three times as strong as a positive impact. So the thing, that's the crazy thing, right? You would have to need four positive reinforcements, affirmations, meditations, whatever it is, to counteract a negative one and come out on top, you need to be four times as strong as the other ones or three times as strong as you are. That's why you need repetitive stuff for this, to get these patterns and get these patterns established in the brain, in the neural pathways. And that's why these techniques are so powerful. And Once you make them your own and you practice them, You'll see yeah. how much better everything is. I'm just excited that you're talking about this. This is just this is really neat. Uh, I want to <laughs> ask you before I forget, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Because I know that our our show is coming to a close here. But how can how can they get a hold of you? Because because you, you do a lot of coaching, you help a mm-hmm. lot of individuals. So how can our listeners get in contact with you? I have a contact page on my website, ultimatesuccessmindset.com. You can go there and request a complimentary session where I can, you know, show you what we could do together if that's what intrigues you or I can show you what else I'm up to. <laughs> so that's ultimatesuccessmindset.com and you'll find Perfect. me there. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to all of our listeners, I'm going to be posting Irina's stuff on our Facebook. Uh, I'll put on all of our social media and connect you to on our website also. But just to let you all know, Irina is also one of our diva hosts. So you can check out her page there too, because we're excited to have her as one of our hosts. Well, my goodness, Irina, this has been an amazing call. I've had so much fun listening to you. You've got so much information. Um, One of the things I'm going to ask you is, do you have any last minute tips or tools that you can leave with our listeners today? Yes. <laughs> Last-minute tips or tools. What I'm saying, one of these tips, if you really want to have a great relationship, never, ever, ever hold back saying I love you. It goes a huge way. 
I know it makes you feel vulnerable. I was there. I understand. But it goes a huge way to really affirm that love for each other, even to yourself. Because it's easy to get off and jump off the bandwagon and go into the negative again. Again, what I said, neuroscience-wise, right? And like I said, otherwise, gratitude practice is huge. If you can just take every morning or every night, just take a few minutes to yourself and just talk about or you think about what you are grateful for. Some people like to journal. Some people like to just think about it. I'm too lazy to journal. I don't want to write it down and I can't read it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but just what are you grateful for? And it can be the smallest things. It just brings you into a higher vibration, into a positive mindset, even if it's a glorious sunset like we had it last night. Or in the morning, mm, the smell of coffee, yum. These little things are so important because when you then vibrate out some positive vibes, that's what you get back. That's what people pick up off and then reflect back to you. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Oh, you are so you are so <laughs> welcome. And it was such a pleasure talking to you. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> it has been a long time and I it was a pleasure. Um, I just want to, you know, thank you so much for being my amazing guest today. And, uh, well, I hope you come back on again because I'd love to chat with you more. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And it was a pleasure. And I hope everybody could get something valuable out of this. Well, I definitely did. And I know our listeners did too. So thank you so much. Wonderful. And I want to do a huge shout out to all of our amazing listeners. Make sure that you check out all of our diva hosts at Divas of Care. Dot com because you'll be able to see some amazing shows on there. Uh, also, thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing out in the world. You know, there's so many amazing people, and we want to make sure that we can do a big shout-out to each and every one of them. Uh, well, let's, as I said, I've had a great show. Thank you, Arena, again. Um, thank you to all of our listeners, and I hope that you guys do something kind. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.